Human Rights Tribunal finds that Edmonton police discriminated against two black men. The potential death toll of overcrowded hospitals may be above 8,000 people per year. Still no information on what the federal disability supplement will look like. Massive flooding in Greece, Turkey and Bulgaria has killed at least eight people and at least 21 people have died thanks to a cyclone in southern Brazil. Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 6th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. This morning we start in Edmonton, where the Human Rights Tribunal of Alberta has found that the Edmonton Police Service has discriminated against two black men. The men, Yusuf John and Cesar Dijanga, called 911 back in 2017. It was 3.15 a.m. and Dijanga said that a white woman was smashing the window of the car of his roommate's wife. I'm not sure why the article doesn't say that the wife is a roommate also, so maybe she didn't live there. I'm not sure. CBC Edmonton's Madeline Cummings reports that the men chased the woman and when the police showed up, they saw three black men holding the white woman and instantly thought that the men were assaulting the woman. They therefore pepper sprayed John and Judyanga and then arrested them. After the police realized that the men were not the assailants, there was an argument between them and the police. Edmonton police officer Jordan Steele was the one who pepper sprayed the men, while Constable Celia Fratton told the men that they were lucky that they didn't get shot. Her reasoning was that she doesn't carry pepper spray, and so, she explained, she would have pulled her gun on them if she thought she needed to. Later on, she insisted that this comment had nothing to do with the fact that the three men were black. Human Rights Commissioner Erica Ringsis said that, quote, I find the evidence supports the general demeanor and attitude of the police officers was based on stereotypes regarding black males, including that they were angry and aggressive, both words in scare quotes, and likely responsible for perpetuating a crime, not trying to stop one. But because Ringsis didn't think that the two cops, quote, intentionally or consciously discriminated against the complainants or acted grossly outside their scope of power, unquote, she dismissed the complaints made against the two officers individually. She didn't find that they had acted on purpose racistly. That's a pretty interesting decision. So being wholly ignorant of how your racist actions fit into broader racist structures while being a literal cop is apparently a defense against violating someone's human rights. What a bizarre comment. Not to mention that pepper spraying and arresting two men who had reported a crime not being outside of the scope of power of police. That's kind of a funny thing too, isn't it? What exactly then is compelling police to stop being racist if they can use this as a shield to avoid consequences in situations where they are racist? Next, now to health news from CTV's Avis Favaro. A new study has found that visits to the ER in Canada have grown faster than the rate of population growth, something that is putting tremendous strain on the healthcare system. In an editorial about the study, the deputy editor of the Canadian Medical Association Journal echoed the findings, saying that there has been unprecedented ER crowding over the past summer. Part of what's driving the surge, as anyone who has any contact with the healthcare system knows, is that there are fewer and fewer options for care. People are forced to go to the ER for everything from prescription refills, common infections, and simply just to have someone check something out, in addition, of course, to what traditionally brings people into the ER. Federal data shows that in the year 2021-22, 90% of patients got a hospital bed within 40 hours. A year later, it took 49 hours. 
Patients are now being housed in bathrooms, storage rooms, and in one case that Favreau references, an emergency van was used to resuscitate a patient because there was nowhere else to do it. Favreau quotes one model based on UK data that suggests how many people are dying in the UK due to emergency overcrowding. When applied to Canada, researchers here figure that that model suggests somewhere between 8,000 and 15,000 patients in Canada are dying each year because of emergency room overcrowding. Recall, of course, that many provinces, notably Ontario, are operating with surpluses right now. Next to the federal government, who have still not yet released information about the federal benefit for disabled Canadians called the Canada Disability Benefit. The new Minister of Diversity, Inclusion and Persons with Disabilities, Kamal Kara, blamed the delay on her desire to really get this right. Gosh, that's so liberal. Here's Kara. Quote, this is going to be a generational national program. I think it's really important that we find the balance between, of course, the expediency and the care that it needs to make sure we get it right with engagement with community. So that's exactly what I'm committed to in this new role. Unquote. Ah, yes, a generational program. I'll just mention that it took much quicker for Canada to establish the baby bonus and employment insurance. But anyway, this program has been promised for years and was finally passed last June. A previous version of the program died when the last election was called, reports CTV's Rachel Aiello. What exactly do we know about this benefit? Well, so far, not a whole lot. Kara has no specifics at all. She did say that she wants the benefit, quote, to be meaningfully co-created with the disability community, unquote. The only money that's been earmarked for the benefit so far is $21.5 million in the next fiscal year. Yes, in the next fiscal year, that money is earmarked only for, quote, work on the future delivery of the benefit, unquote. So the work that is going to go into designing the benefit. There's been no estimate of what the benefit itself might cost and therefore what people might expect to receive. To design the benefit, they are doing two phases of consultations and roundtables and surveys. And the more you read this, the more you understand that it seems to be set up to become an important bargaining chip for the Liberals to get re-elected. There is nothing the Liberals love more than consultations, phases, roundtables and surveys, as if people haven't been loud and clear already about what they need. It will at least be until well into 2024, quote unquote, before any benefit money might flow. People are, of course, frustrated by this, as the money is necessary, as provinces legislate disabled people into poverty. One person, Jeffrey Salisbury, has created an online petition asking for an interim benefit while the details are being sorted. The same call has been made by Bonita Zarillo from the NDP. Kara was asked about this in the interview and, quote, offered no indication that such a benefit is on the table, unquote. In other words, no, the Liberals will not do this, at least not now. Now to international news and two stories of extreme weather. After Greece's horrible wildfire season, the country is now dealing with torrential rains. The rains have also pounded Bulgaria and Turkey. At least one person, an Albanian national, has died in Greece and six more have been killed in Bulgaria and Turkey. Two killed at a camp site in northwest Turkey, two on the southern coast of the Black Sea in Bulgaria, and four are still missing. A man in Greece is also still missing. Rains have been pounding other parts of Europe, too. At least five people died this past weekend in Spain due to rains and flash floods. Greek officials, quoted by the New York Times, said that the amount of rain that they've gotten this year has been, quote-unquote, unreal. More rain has fallen in 12 hours in the Pelion area than fell during all of last year in Athens. 
And finally, in more bad weather news, at least 21 people have been killed after southern Brazil was hit hard by a cyclone. More than 1,000 and as many as 4,000 people have been displaced. The storm has impacted 60 cities and the death toll is expected to rise. Extreme weather has been more common in Brazil this past year. Al Jazeera reports that 13 people were killed in a cyclone in June and 65 people died in February as a result of flooding and landslides from torrential rain. Thousands have been displaced from their homes. Those are your headlines for Wednesday, September 6th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com, at the Real News Network podcast feed, and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you're staying cool if you're in any part of Canada affected by this very annoying heat wave. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.